with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And a fairly nice-looking Wednesday morning out there. Supposed to stay that way most of the day. We'll watch out for those winds this afternoon, according to the weather forecast. Alan Wishart in the host chair, as usual, on a Wednesday. Steve on the board, giving us a quick wave. And my first guest is seated across from me. It's so nice to actually have somebody in studio. Yay! Laura Parent is a creativity camp coordinator at Two Rivers Gallery. Did I get that right? Yes, you got that right. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing you're gearing up for, I'm thinking, what's probably your busy season then. Yes. The summer at the Two Rivers Gallery is jam-packed full of activities. We put all kinds of kids upstairs and have painting, sculpting, making, creating, all kinds of fun stuff for a solid nine weeks. Holy cow. Now, this year, I guess, you had a little bit better time for preparation than you did when you were you there last year i was there last okay yeah and last year then covid hits in about march and all of a sudden you've already probably got 90 percent of your planning done for your summer camps and all of a sudden you're told well a we don't know if we can hold them and b even if we can hold them we have no idea how many people we can have in each one yeah, exactly. Planning typically starts around March um, mm-hmm. and really, really gets going in April and May. Um, but at that point, all camps were shut down. The gallery was closed and we yeah. didn't know what the future of camps looked like. Um, so I got a call in June <laughs> and I came in and I had about three weeks. Um, and there's two of us. And we planned the full summer full of activities as well as accounting for all those crazy COVID adjustments. Yeah. Uh, it made for a really interesting summer for sure. I can imagine. Now, did the summer itself work fairly well, though, given that? That very short. Yeah, I think it worked really, really well. I think all the kids had fun, which is mm-hmm. obviously yes. the biggest priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we learned a lot, but uh, it was it was really good. And um, we made some big adjustments to the way we run things. Mm-hmm. Um, just the number of kids is a really, really big one. But the way we distribute art supplies to kids is, mm. has to have a totally different mindset. Yeah, you can't just throw everything into the, into the pile in the middle of the table and say, yeah, grab what say, you want. Let's no, go. Yeah. yeah. So... Obviously, then, for this summer, Mm -hmm. a somewhat easier time planning because you knew back in March that the odds were really, really, really good that you would be having camps in the summer to start with. Yeah, exactly. That was a huge, huge gain. And Mm -hmm. we learned a lot last summer that we can take into this summer. So I'm saying that this summer we're kind of going for a hybrid blended approach. (laughs) Um, So kids that have been to the creativity camps in the past will see a lot of things that they were used to seeing and a lot of the same activities. So we're getting back to that. But we've also kept a few of the COVID elements. And of course, we're still being very, very safe. Yeah. Now, camp sizes. Mm-hmm. Is anything changing there? Are you able to go back to where you were before COVID or are you staying at last year's levels? So we're staying kind of a, a nice happy medium. Mm-hmm. Um, so a typical summer at Two Rivers Gallery would have two camps running simultaneously, one right. for kids ages 6 to 9 and then one for 10 to 13, each with around 20 kids. So mm-hmm. 40 kids sharing that space. Yeah. Um, last year that was not feasible, mm-hmm. um, especially with social distancing and things like that. So we went to 10 kids uh, down from 40, which was quite a big reduction. (laughs) Um, And we opened the camp from all ages from 6 to 13. Um, And this year, we will have a total of 16 kids on most weeks. There Mm -hmm. are three weeks in the summer where we're running something called Summer Art Club, which is a half-day art program um, designed for kids a little bit younger, starting Mm -hmm. at ages five. So we'll have eight of them and then eight of the regular camp kids, um, but generally 16 kids in the space at all times. Wow. Yeah. So last year then, 
it must have been quite a change for you guys as the coordinators as well when the camp actually started to be looking around up there and going, where is everybody? Yeah, and even having fewer kids presents a lot of challenges. Mm-hmm. It's harder for kids to play together when they only have nine friends instead of 39 yeah. friends. Uh, and the, the space was a really, really strange thing, too. Mm-hmm. We had all these empty tables and room <laughs> to move and play. Uh, so some good elements, but definitely some, some bad elements. Yeah, I guess the one good thing would be, again, the coordinators would be able to spend a little bit more time with each of the kids at the camp because there weren't 20 of them. Exactly. Yeah, you got to know the kids Mm one-on-one a little bit better, and we got to do some really crazy, really cool art projects (laughs) that we normally wouldn't get to do, things that were big and messy and fun and lots of building, and and, and that's a really cool thing for the kids. Messy. Yeah, I can see where kids... (laughs) I was looking at the list for this summer... Mm-hmm. And I was noticing some of them are already full. Yeah. And the one I'm guessing probably filled up very quickly was simply entitled, Let's Make a Mess. And I was thinking you that was correct. probably boom. <laughs> <laughs> that was our first one to fill up. I think it's always the most fun week. Who doesn't yeah. want to come to the studio and throw paint? Yeah. And the parents probably are saying it's perfect because it lets the kid make a mess. And it's he's not doing it at home. Mm-hmm. He's doing it down there. And they're expecting it to happen. So it's exactly. not like they're going to be phoning me the day, that day and saying... Your kid is making a mess. Well, he's supposed to. Exactly. Exactly. I think the make a mess week is always the most fun for us as facilitators, too. Mm. I want to throw paint on a canvas. (laughs) I want to make slime. I want to do these fun things, too. (laughs) So you say throw paint on a canvas. How much sort of art, almost history, do you get into with the kids when they're at the camps in terms of the different techniques that they're using? It really depends on the facilitators, mm-hmm. but for me, I like to incorporate at least one or two different activities. Yeah. Um, this year, we worked really closely with Books and Company, and they've mm-hmm. given us a great discount, and we're expanding our collection of children's <laughs> literacy and yeah. children's books based on famous artists. Um, so there's always one or two activities that relate to classical artists, mm-hmm. um, people that we all recognize, like Picasso or Monet, but some mm-hmm. other less known ones, like Frida Kahlo, for example. Uh, and then we always try and incorporate a few different elements of fine art we talk about line mm. or shade or all these different things um so it's i like to think it's a nice mix of, of technique and skill but just straight up fun and creativity too because when you're talking about splashing paint on a canvas first thing that comes to my mind jackson pollock exactly yeah that's why i was asking because that's a name that even a lot of the older kids the 10 mm-hmm. to 13 year olds probably wouldn't recognize at all but when you told them that this was how he created his paintings Exactly. Yeah. It's it's really a, an amazing thing to watch kids make those connections mm-hmm. between the things that they're doing and art that exists in some of the top galleries around the world. Another thing we always do is try and match some of our activities to the exhibitions that are currently in That's the gallery. That's what I was going to ask you about. Yeah. yeah, which is really exciting and a lot of fun. And sometimes they get to come and meet artists. Another mm-hmm. thing we're doing this year is we're bringing in a guest artist each week oh. um, to the camps to uh, incorporate some of their techniques. Uh, we've got some really cool local artists. Audrey mm-hmm. McKinnon is a really Mm-hmm. exciting yeah. one, Diane Levesque, mm-hmm. um, and a handful of others, yeah. so that they can share their techniques too. Were you able to do that last year? No, yeah, I didn't we think so. Yeah, yeah, that was the unfortunate thing. Simply in the timing, um, yeah. when you only have three weeks to plan, even things yeah. like getting supplies, um, canvases, or Bristol paper or acrylic paint, mm-hmm. there just isn't the time to order them and bring them into the gallery. Yeah. So we had the time to do that this year to bring in all the specialty stuff and line up a whole great summer full of <laughs> artists. Now, as the summer goes along, is there any sort of progression so that 
if you've got parents who want their child to go to a lot of the different camps during the summer, is there sort of progression from the beginning of the summer to the end of the summer, or is each camp very much a separate unto itself? Yes and no. So there's a lot of advantages to being able to have smaller kids, and we get to know mm-hmm. the kids. So we have some kids that just come for a week and have a great time and have a blast, and then they go home. And we do have kids that are enrolled for all or most of the summer. <laughs> so each activity is designed very carefully so that okay. new kids can come and still enjoy and get a lot out of it, but kids that are returning can maybe amp up their skills a little mm-hmm. bit or incorporate a different technique to really bring it to a new level. So that they don't have to have... If you've got the kid coming to their first camp at the beginning of August, they're not going to be stepping into something where everybody else already has a month worth of training underneath their belts. Exactly. Including the coordinators saying, okay, now you remember last week we did this and the kid's going... I wasn't here last week. Yeah, that's no fun for anyone. It's really about creating a space that is safe for all kids to explore and play and try these different things. But again, making sure that those kids that have been around a little bit longer have a new challenge and Mm -hmm. something new that they can work on. And it's also fun for the coordinators to be able to see both sides. We want to try new things all summer, too. (laughs) We don't want to do the same sculpting all over Mm -hmm. again. Um, But we also want to give those kids the opportunity to really try some exciting (laughs) things and really push their art to new levels. So do you repeat some of the camps during the summer? Um, some of the activities? Well, yeah. Okay. Yes. But no, no one specific week would be in July and in August? No. No. Okay. All different. Okay. Yeah. So that's a bit of a challenge for you guys. It is. I think at one point we calculated that we needed at least 120 different activities um, throughout the course of the summer or different <laughs> themes. So one uh, one uh, medium that we use quite a bit is a sculpting uh, material called Model Magic. It's made mm-hmm. by Crayola Brand. Lots of fun, great for kids. So if we do it the first week and we use this prompt or this theme, how do we reinvent that in the next week to do something yeah. totally different? So yeah, 120 <laughs> kids activities for the summer. And again, that's where almost the problem is when you've got the same kids mm-hmm. coming back week after week is you don't want them getting bored because, well, we did this last week. Exactly. Yeah. So it's all about finding new ways to try mm-hmm. new things. Yeah. Now, when you're using some of the t- same material, from maybe not week to week, but you know, every few weeks, and you've got some of the kids there who had used that material, say, in the very first week, do you find they sometimes turn into almost like mini coordinators the second <laughs> or third time that that material is being used because they're sort of used to using it and they can maybe help some of the kids are in their first time. Yeah, there's definitely that element to mm-hmm. it. Um, and again, that's another really cool thing that we get to see kind of this um, teacher-mentorship type relationship mm-hmm. among the kids. Uh, and even some of the st- the the kids that have been in past summers have seen some of those similar activities. Mm-hmm. Another really popular one is stop-motion animation. So we give oh. the kids tablets and backgrounds and plasticine and give them some ideas and let them go and create. <laughs> uh, so some kids have done this before, but it's always a great thing to do again, and they always work really well together and collaboratively to talk mm-hmm. about what works well and what doesn't. Um, and, and that's a really exciting part, too. So when you're doing that one, do you, maybe even on the Monday, do you show them a little film or something of what stop motion animation is just in case some of them don't really know? Yeah, stop motion animation is one of those things It's kind of hard to wrap your brain around, especially yeah. when you're seven years old, to think mm-hmm. about how these pictures are going to go together. Yeah. Uh, so we always read a few books so they can get an idea of mm-hmm. how you really sculpt clay or plasticine to make it have certain shapes or textures or colors. And then we would show them a few videos and some behind the scenes videos so they really get an idea of what they're doing. Doing. And one of the best things they can do is try. They take mm. a few uh, frames of photos, and if it's not working, they can scrap and start a yeah. new one. And yeah. 
Yeah. We filmed it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Because I guess that's the thing is you can't even really do, shall we say, really modern films. Because most of them, it's all done on the computer. Like, yeah. it's not really stop motion animation as such. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I really like to do when I'm looking at these camps is try and incorporate some maybe urban or modern elements. Mm. Uh, so we always look at different kinds of animation mm-hmm. um, and even early animation. There's oh. something called a thomatrope and you spin images mm-hmm. together and it looks mm-hmm. like they're moving, which is a lot of fun for the kids. Um, but yeah, a lot of, I was actually surprised uh, when I first started doing this at how many kids weren't familiar with stop motion animation hmm. um, and those techniques and what it means. Uh, but it's a really, really great way for the kids to be able to use a oh. tablet. And who goes to the art gallery and thinks that they get to pick up a tablet that day you know Um, it's a kind of a cool cool way to take the art so now how long does each of the camps last each day yes so pick up our drop off starts at about 9 Mm -hmm. uh, a.m though we open our doors at 8 45 and then we run until 4 p.m wow pick up starts after that now do the are the kids responsible i'm guessing for bringing their own lunch each day yes kids are responsible for their own lunches uh and snacks throughout the day Mm. Um, uh, yeah. So there's breaks during the day. Yes. Probably as much for you guys as for the kids. <laughs> yes, exactly. And one thing we always do is we go to the park for about an oh. hour, sometimes a bit okay. more each day. And we're also working at arranging some other field trips. Mm-hmm. Um, so trips to Reaps, for example, okay. is a really good one. Yeah. Um, or working with different uh, local indigenous drummers uh, to get outside and try new things, too. Okay. Now... You've only got a week with them. Yeah. And some of these techniques sound like stop-motion animation. That doesn't sound like something, well, we're going to spend this morning on stop-motion animation and you're all going to be experts. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you manage to get – how do you manage to plan the week for stop-motion animation so that, A, you can give the kids the background they need mm-hmm. and still give them time to actually – do some stuff and see the finished product. Yeah. So usually we commit at least two hours to a larger activity like stop mm. motion. So in that two hours, about 20 minutes, a half hour would be explanation, mm. working, kind of group collaborative, talking and discussing. Mm-hmm. And then about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes of practice and work. Um, and then 15 minutes to show and present to everyone. And then we can repeat throughout the week. Okay. Uh, so we have some free time built into the schedule mm-hmm. and kids can go back and revisit some of the activities that they maybe fell in love with or tried <laughs> or were really puzzled by and wanted to, to experiment a little bit more. Or if they were doing again, I keep coming back to stop motion animation, mm-hmm. they looked at their product from say Tuesday exactly. and when they went home that night they were thinking, I've got an idea for how I can make that better. Mm-hmm. So when they come in on Wednesday, they can come to the coordinator and they can say, can we have a little bit more time today to do some stop motion animation? Because I've got an idea. Exactly. Yeah. And I suppose you guys say, no, you're not allowed to have ideas. <laughs> no, never. No. no fun and creativity <laughs> no, at creativity no, camps. No. We do the ideas. <laughs> we plan every minute of this thing. It's up to us. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, they never get a choice. <laughs> In all seriousness, seriousness, yeah. it's really important to all of us at the uh, gallery that kids have a, a safe place to explore and create mm-hmm. and imagine. Uh, and that's really the driving philosophy behind camps. Yeah. Okay, we are going to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk some more with Laura Parent about what's happening this summer over at Two Rivers Gallery. 
If you are a lover of old-time fiddle music, tune in to 93.1 CFIS-FM every Tuesday evenings. There will be newer pieces by original artists as well as traditional. You will hear polkas, waltzes, foxtrots, and many other toe-tapping pieces by fiddlers here in B.C. and across Canada. Fiddle Fest is hosted by AJ and brought to you by the B.C. Old-Time Fiddlers, Prince George Branch One. I will keep you informed of upcoming events brought to you by the fiddlers. So join me, AJ, for Fiddle Fest on Tuesday evenings from 6 to 8. A strong membership gives the BC Schizophrenia Society a louder voice on matters of importance to families who have been affected by schizophrenia, psychosis, and severe mental illness. For an annual individual membership of $15, you will have the opportunity to voice your opinions and vote at their annual general meeting on issues brought forward by the board of directors and vote for the following year's directors. To get your membership, click on Become a BCSS Member under Make a Difference at bcss.org. If you still need to receive a COVID-19 vaccine but don't have access to a computer to register, you can do so by phone. A provincial call center is available for those needing assistance to book or those who don't have a personal health number. You will need to provide your name, date of birth, postal code, personal health number if you have one, and contact information for you or a support person. The provincial call center number is 1-833-838-2323. That's 1-833-838-2323. 2323. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud this morning, becoming sunny near noon. Wind from the southwest at 30, gusting to 50, a high of 20 with a high UV index. Clear tonight, gusting south winds becoming light and a low of 6. For Thursday, sunny in the morning, becoming a mix of sun and cloud near noon, a high of 22 with a high UV index. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS FM. So, Laura, we were talking about how nice it was for you and the other creativity camp coordinators to have plenty of time this year to plan as opposed to last year. (laughs) But one thing that didn't need anywhere near as much planning, I guess, to some extent, was kids' art days because, again, it's not really happening, is it, the way it used to? Yeah, for those that have been to Kids Art Days before, we would oh. usually pack thousands of people quite literally into the plaza with all kinds of exciting activities. Um, and of course, that's not really an option. So this no. past year has really uh, been about putting a lot of thought into how we can reinvent that mm-hmm. and get the same idea um, and the same energy behind it, but in a different format. And this year, it's basically... I. Th- from what I've been able to see, it's basically a single activity, but it's lasting for more than a day. Exactly. Yeah. We're incorporating some take-home elements, mm-hmm. uh, and the end result is going to be a beautiful installation in our Rustad Galleria. Okay. And the Rustad Galleria, for those who aren't familiar to Rivers Gallery, is the one that's free to go into any time of the year. Actually, all of our galleries are oh, free. Right now. Yeah, all okay. free, just admission by donation. Um, okay. And this oh. is, we have two main galleries yes. that we call the Canfor Galleries. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are on a longer rotation yeah. um, in terms of exhibitions. And this one is a bit shorter. Um, exhibitions are in there for usually about a month. Um, and we really work to feature local artists, northern artists, mm-hmm. um, those sorts of different ideas in that space. So what is happening with Kids Art Day? that's going to end up 
in the Rusted Galleria. Yeah, so we're calling this Kids Art Days in the Community. So this year we have an artist named Catherine Rodell, um, mm-hmm. and she is an artist from Treaty 8 Territory, which is Fort St. John. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives on the Danezat Treaty 8 Territory, um, and she is really working on incorporating the Michif language in her own art practice. So we're expanding mm-hmm. that and bringing it to the community uh, in a project that we call Mutawan, which translates to Let's Play. Makes sense for a kids' arts project. Exactly. Yeah. So we've got kits available uh, at the gallery or mm-hmm. at Hubble Homestead or the Makery. Uh, and everyone of all ages is invited to bring home a free kit and put together a stamp inspired by a Michi word that is provided in the kit. And we put okay. all the supplies in there, including the glue. And mm-hmm. you can bring in three stamps. Uh, and then Catherine Riddell is going to stamp them along the walls in the Galleria. So... Are the same words in each of the kits, or does each kit have different Machif words? They're all a little bit different. I think okay. there's some repeaters, yeah. um, but there's a nice variety in there. So that you're not going to end up with 20 different versions of the same word exactly. on the wall. No. Exactly. So you might get a word like sunshine mm-hmm. and are inspired to make a stamp using string or yarn or cardboard or fun foam to make a stamp that reflects what that means to you. Okay. Sunshine. Something we don't see in Prince George during the summer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just wondering then, you may or may not know this one then, do you know if Catherine, when she was picking the words, picked words that she would be able to almost make a narrative out of when she puts the stamps up on the wall? Uh, I don't know if I can necessarily no. answer that. I no, know I didn't know if you could yeah. or not because that would be something that she might not even have told you guys. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking that would be an interesting way for her to do it. Yeah. Because then she puts the stamps up and she could put almost like the narrative underneath them and it all makes sense rather than just a bunch of almost like random chief words on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not entirely no. sure what the installation is going to look like yet. Mm-hmm. I know there's lots <laughs> of planning, lots of big color and bold blocks of, of exciting things. Um, so I'm really, really excited about this project. Um, kits can be brought back um, mm-hmm. up until July 3rd and then after that, Catherine Riddell will be in our gallery space putting them all up uh, and the exhibition itself is open until August 8th. Wow. So that exhibition then is basically going to be for the first month of the creativity camps. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you think the chances are that some of the kids who you're going to have in your first month at creativity camp are going to say, let's go down to the Rest Ed Gallery and I can show you what I did. I'm really hoping that mm-hmm. we get that. It's a really cool thing for kids to be able to exhibit their art yeah. and show the world, um, including their teachers and their parents and <laughs> these fun things, all the things that they're doing and they're learning and they're creating. Um, and I, I really hope we get kids that mm-hmm. have, have stamps on the wall. Yeah. And now I'm trying to remember, I think the exhibits that are in the main galleries at this point are the ones dealing with um, fresh water and stuff. Yes. So is there much there that I'm guessing that would be more something you'll be taking the kids down to show them the techniques used rather than really get into the meanings behind the works? Because that's that's pretty heavy subject for an eight-year-old. You would be surprised, actually, no. what they are capable <laughs> to work with. Um, a thing that I always look back to is last summer. Um, we had a really, really cool exhibition, and you walked in, and it was a, what's called a sound installation. So as mm. you move through the room, different sounds were triggered, mm-hmm. um, and they were some very powerful sounds um, to speak about violence against women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really shocked at the level and depth that the kids were able to discuss with this and interpret um, and create some really, really interesting interesting thoughts after mm-hmm. that um so 
part of uh, of creativity camps is always thinking about how we can let kids' emotions play out in art. Um, so I think some of the artworks in the the current All for Water exhibition are very technical, maybe, and very scientific. I think there's a yeah. sculptural work that condenses water from the air, which is cool, but maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, That's more of a science kids. camp thing than an art exactly. camp. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But there's another uh, really inspiring one by an artist named Anna Maria Lowry, who also mm. works at Tourverse yes. Gallery. Recognize um, the name. Exactly. And it's a fabric. Um, uh, a fabric picture that shows two different landscapes. And one of them is, has, is beautiful and pristine and has people swimming in a creek. And then the other one has a creek full of garbage and waste and the colors are different and change. And the kids can really, really resonate with that and think about their own spaces in their lives. Maybe it's a park or a mm-hmm. green space that they have seen change or see garbage or waste. And then this re- creates a really interesting conversation about how we can fix this or how we can address this. Knowing what the works are <coughs> that are in the gallery right now, have you incorporated any of those ideas into the creativity camps that you're doing? So these ones we have. Unfortunately, the current mm. exhibitions are on their way down shortly. And we will yeah, have... I remember that now. July 4th, I think, or something yes. like that is when they're coming down. Yes. So, yeah. so we'll have some new ones up. Um, but another thing that we always do is try and incorporate those artworks mm-hmm. in the exhibitions. Um, and I'm really, really excited about some of the current ones coming up. Um, I, I think I was... I think I was looking on the website today yeah. because the one sounds really interesting about the fire tower. Yeah, the fire tower one is fascinating. Ooh, There's yeah. so much we can do with that. Everything from stars to building our own towers to fire, um, landscape, scenery, storytelling, all these cool things. But getting into the concept behind it where the guy, you're starting to wonder, is he losing his mind? That might not be something you really want to talk to the kids about. <laughs> no, that one's a little bit harder to Yeah, to that's, that's one where you might concentrate a little bit more on the techniques the artist yeah, is using. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So if people want information about the creativity camps at Tuberose Gallery this summer, where do they go to find it? Um, so you can check out our Facebook pages. That's always a really great source for quick information or always our website. And I'm going to have to reference to make sure I get the right <laughs> website address. Um, it's tworiversgallery.ca. Yeah. Um, all of the information about kids art days in the community and our project with Catherine Riddell is there, creativity camps, uh, as well as the upcoming exhibitions. And the one thing I noticed this morning is, as I say, the biggest thing to look for when you're looking at the creativity camps is look for the word full beside them and do not try to register so those are set though right like even with the new provincial health orders in terms of everything loosening up you're not saying okay we're going to take more kids in you're saying no we're just going to keep it where it is yeah at this point the planning has gotten a little bit too far in and it's it's again hard to get some supplies uh i think a lot of people are noticing all around the community we're experiencing some shortages of Mm -hmm. things and that affects us too we have a really hard time getting special types of paper like (laughs) bristol board for example Mm. um so yeah hard to get our supplies we're capped out for the summer okay laura parent Creativity Camp Coordinator, Trevor's Gallery. Thank you very much for coming in and telling Thank us all about what's happening. Thank you for having me. Thank okay. you so much. We're going to take another quick break and be back with more after nine. Nine road repaving operations are underway as city and contracted crews begin major operations for the season. Fifth, from Aspica to Voyager, as well as from Douglas to Johnson, Douglas, Ewart, and Freeman from 5th to 2nd, Renwick from Melville to Winnipeg, and the Cameron Street Roundabout, along with the overpass down to the bridge, are all being worked on through the end of this week, weather permitting. Please use alternate routes where possible, and be sure to obey all traffic signs and personnel around construction areas. For up-to-date information, visit the city's website website, princegeorge.ca. 
Your Prince George Spruce Kings are hosting their annual general meeting at 6, Thursday, July 15th. Financial statements will be presented and they'll hold the election of directors. Pre-registration is required. A membership fee of $5 must be paid to take part in the voting. To attend, email info at sprucekings.bc.ca. For more information, call the Spruce Kings office at 250-564-1747. Your Prince George Spruce Kings AGM, 6 o'clock Thursday, July 15th. The 2020 annual report from the City of Prince George is now available for review on the City's website and at City Hall. The report provides information about City Council's focus areas, administrative priorities for the current year, some highlights from the past year, and financial information. An opportunity for citizens to make submissions or ask questions about the annual report will be available by phone during City Council's June 28th meeting. Written submissions must be into City Hall by 5 p.m. Tuesday, June 22nd. If you attended a federal day school, now is your time to make your claim. If you experienced harm at your school, you may be eligible to receive a check for compensation. Remember, you need to make your claim before July 13th, 2022. See if your school is on the list and get free legal help. Start at IndianDaySchools.com or call 1-844-539-3815. Claim what's yours. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we are back. Got a few minutes before we call up our next guest. Just quick note, um, something Laura and I were talking about there was the exhibitions that are on at Two Rivers Gallery right now until July the 4th. Uh, the one is All for Water. It's 15 different BC-based artists, including some local ones. Um, Shirley Babcock, Corey Hardiman, Betty Kovacic are the local artists. But Catherine Riddell who Laura was saying is the one who's doing the uh, Kids Art Days event, also has at least one of her works on in this exhibition. So, And that's all about the importance of fresh water and how it may be disappearing in the area. And then the other one is called An Exercise in Living, and it's for artists from across Canada, none from B.C., but again, it's about the importance of listening to create a more inclusive and environmentally-minded uh, future. And somebody yeah. was obviously listening in the background. So uh, I, I, I don't I don't quite understand why why we're not uh, going over the most important scoreboard in the world right now at the start of these little tete-a-tetes. Well, if anybody was listening to the news at nine o'clock, they well, would have heard that, the scoreboard. Well, that may be, but <laughs> radio is a case of repetition. Ah, you repeat what you said before so that people go, oh. Yeah, that's I heard that on. So what you're saying is we should go over the numbers again. Yeah, COVID yesterday and another good day. Yes, very three, good day. Only three new cases yeah. in northern BC. Active cases down. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen them put it this way in the Citizen. Eleven point five percent drop. They'd never before used a percentage in terms well, of how much the drop was. Yeah, it's but down it under decent. seventy. Yeah. so that's good. Uh, even province wide, yeah. oh. it, it was less than two hundred new We're active about, cases yeah. across the country. Second day under a thousand. Oh, there you okay. go. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't aware of that, no, and but uh, we it, are heading in the right direction. Yeah, and in the north, only uh, two people in hospital still, both yeah. in critical care, yeah. which again is not is understandable. No. And I and think get, the active case number oof. we'll see will really drop in the next little while because of the new active cases have been fairly low for a while yeah. now, right? Under 10. Yeah. 
The so next date to keep in mind now is July the 1st. Yeah. Is when we, it's the earliest we can go to stage three mm-hmm. of the restart. And I was looking at it, and stage three, there aren't really that many Not a lot changes. of differences, no. Um, indoor sports are allowed to have spectators. Yes. That was one I noticed. Um, I think you can have, like, small events, like small fairs, small concerts and stuff like right, that. Right. You can have those now. Well, and, not now. No, but uh, if, they, July, if yes. they move to stage three, yeah. that's another thing about radio. You have to be very specific. Very yeah. Don't confuse. Don't confuse the listener because not all of them are sitting there attentively listening to you. In fact, well, we won't go there. <laughs> yeah. um, and the thing again, we were mentioning this when we were talking about going to phase two. Even mm-hmm. the province is already above the threshold that they wanted for vaccinations. Yeah, they were looking yeah. at seventy percent well, to go to phase three, and we're already up around seventy four. I saw 75. the uh, headline yesterday or a day before that Canada actually has the highest percentage of vaccinated population in the country in the world. Wow! Yeah, so we're Canada number took over. Yeah, we're everyone. number one. We're wow! Number one for that, as as, yeah. and mm-hmm. I was a little bit shocked yeah. when I saw down in the states. Uh, they were celebrating in New York because they'd made it to 70%, <laughs> and we're up over 75, I think. So We're around 75. Yeah. We in the north, though, my understanding is we in the north we're are a little, a little bit, bit lower. Behind, but, behind, yeah. But part of that, I think, may be, as much as anything, again, we've talked about this before, the remoteness. Well, it's tough the remoteness, to get to some areas. Well, uh, not just is it, it's difficult to get a vaccine if you're mm-hmm. living very remotely. That's one aspect. But the second aspect is if you're living very remotely, why would you bother going, you know, hundreds of miles to go get a vaccine when you basically are living on your own, secluded from everyone anyway? Yeah, you may be thinking the next time I go to town, I'll get the vaccine because I do figure I want to do some traveling later. Yeah, it's one of those things you'd need to plan out, right? So it might not be uh, something that you've got... uh, that was one of the other stories Coming they up. had this morning in The Citizen was um, some, I don't know if I would say complicated negotiations or what going on between the federal and provincial governments about um, travel. Mm-hmm. The provincial government is in charge of health. Yes. The federal government is in charge of international borders. Right. Which means that if you want to have the vaccination passport, which would have to be a federal thing. Yeah. They've got to get the health data from each of the provinces. Yeah. And that is something they're thinking they're, they're starting to work on, but they're saying it may be a phased in thing as they go along. Right. Because they hadn't really thought about it. Because until now, none of the provinces really were in a situation where they could say, yes, we can open our borders. Yeah. Ontario did it today. Well, I, I saw that and I saw somebody put a note that said, yes, Ontario opened their borders. Quebec and Manitoba closed theirs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's who Ontario opened it up for. Yeah. Well, exactly. Uh, so the other big scoreboard from last night was game uh, two, two. two of Tampa Bay against the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. And uh, the real lightning showed up and, <laughs> and had a very strong game yeah. against the Islanders. That game, that series, I think, will go be a, a lot closer than the other one. We'll find out tonight. Tonight will be the big one in yeah, that one. Tonight will decide see, that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Montreal well, needs to show a lot better than what yeah. they did in the first even, game. Even if one. they lose tonight, 
if it's a one goal game and it's competitive, yeah, then and that's, they're saying yeah. That's the big thing is is they uh, they did not look like they even belonged on the same ice. No, as uh, as see, Vegas, Vegas in game one to do the same thing. We're big, we're fast, and yeah. we're going to pound you. Yeah, and that's and and that's yeah, that's kind of the tail of the tape there. That's that's sort of the difference between the two series is you have Vegas and Montreal, where Vegas is big and strong and fast, and they they play hard mm-hmm. against Montreal, uh, small, fast, don't really necessarily play that hard, like, yeah. like not a very physical team. No, uh, and and the Islanders, uh, Islanders Tampa series, you've got uh, Tampa, which is big, fast, mm. and strong talented. talented but they don't play a very physical game necessarily they're more uh fast and talent mm-hmm. finesse, yeah. right and the islanders a little bit smaller but they play a very hard game they are yeah. very tough and in your face <laughs> so we'll have to see what happens there we're going to go to a break and we'll be back with more after nine after one year off due to COVID, the Participation Community Better Challenge is back for 2021. Did you know everything gets better when you get active? Even communities. Participate in the challenge this June to get moving, connect with others, and help our community get crowned Canada's most active community. Learn more by visiting participation.com, then join in the Participation Community Better Challenge through June 30th. The Participation Community Better Challenge. Let's community better together. This is John Stossel. Anything that makes it harder for you to speak limits your life. So if stuttering affects you or your child or someone you know, you can call the Stuttering Foundation for help. The number is 800-992-9392. That's toll-free, 800-992-9392. Or you can visit their website, www.stutteringhelp.org. They can refer you to expert help The Council of Seniors Friendly Phone Calls Program has become the PGCOS social line, adding more contacts to their list of weekly calls. Seniors interested in receiving a cheery call can contact Program Coordinator Susan Tapp at 250-552-2820 or by emailing st.pgcos at gmail.com. Volunteers interested in brightening a senior's day with a phone call can contact Susan for a volunteer application package. The number again is 250 552-2820. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud this morning, becoming sunny near noon. Wind from the southwest at 30, gusting to 50, a high of 20 with a high UV index. Clear tonight, gusting south winds becoming light and a low of 6. For Thursday, sunny in the morning, becoming a mix of sun and cloud near noon, a high of 22 with a high UV index. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And now joining us on the telephone from about, what, three or four blocks down the street, <laughs> Kaylee Vandermeer from Books and Company. Good morning, Kaylee. Good morning, Alan. How you doing? Not, the sun is out. I know. It's gorgeous. Have you guys peeled the roof back over there? Yeah. It's like, um, you know, like those sardine cans? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did that. Actually, now that wouldn't work because you've got people up on the second floor, don't you? It's very disruptive for their work day. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You guys would love it, though. <laughs> it would be pretty cool. Now, it is starting to look like summer out there. It is. And by golly, summer is actually starting on Sunday, I believe, officially. Oh. Yes. Hmm. So, books for summer. Books for summer. Oh, goodness. There's so many. I know. Now, one question I had when I was thinking about this... 
in the past, have you found people who come in and they're looking for books and they're saying, I want a book that I can take out like, you know, when we're going camping stuff. Do some of them tend to go for like the bigger books, like maybe not a war and peace, but they go for like a larger book? And do others go for shorter pieces that they can maybe read in bits and pieces on the road? That's a good question. Uh, I I would just kind of going off what I'm I know. Mm-hmm. Most people will go for a lighter read, and that usually means a little bit of a shorter read. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I definitely, if I'm going on a big uh, like two week vacation or something, I will absolutely grab like a brick of a book that I've been wanting to get through and peel my way through that throughout the two weeks. So I think it's a matter of, like, weekends versus, like, long-term trips and also, like, how much are you willing to carry with you. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, good question. And I guess the other thing is it would depend on how much time you knew you were going to have available for reading. Like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking if you were going on a tour where you mm-hmm. knew that most of the evenings were going to be free, you might be saying, yeah, I can take along a bigger book because I'm going to have time to read. Yeah, exactly. Now, are there any – do you find more people possibly picking up nonfiction during the summer as well? Mm, I'd say it's probably 50-50. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, nonfiction plays a, uh, a pretty vital role for a lot of people in just personal development. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times um, – People will have the energy to do that in the summer, but also there's the the flip side of that is like people have been working hard and they want a break, so they'll grab something easy in fiction. Yeah, um, and they can kind of just lose themselves in the world. So I think it's kind of just where people are at. But as I say, I don't imagine you see too many people coming in and saying, "Yeah, I'm I'm going on holidays. I want to take along a book." Oh, War and Peace looks good. <laughs> Yeah, let me pick up some of the like the heaviest classic lit that you have. Yes. There are definitely those people out there. We've got a couple of those nerds on staff, but but Not uh, for the most names, part, but... it is uh, usually a little bit more of the uh, the popular lit that we see going for holidays. Yeah, do you see a fair bit of maybe more so than the rest of your science fiction and fantasy? Well, I'm a fantasy nerd. So I'm biased, oh, now and she's I tend using to the word for herself. those things. Sorry? Yeah. Now she's using the word nerd for herself. Oh, nerd is a term of endearment. <laughs> okay. I'll remember that the next time I'm in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nerd nerd is an absolute term of endearment. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So I'm a fantasy nerd, so I tend to catch the fantasy sales a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that they're um, more popular. I think just the, the standard lit or... Um, uh, romance or mystery, probably mystery mm. and lit combined, probably sell much, much more huh? than uh, fantasy and sci-fi. And it's also a matter of like how much energy do you have, especially with 2020. I know mm. that diving into a whole new world and taking on all that knowledge is something that I just don't have the time for right now. So I think fantasy also represents a little bit more investment than a yeah. lot of the ones where you kind of like, okay, they're getting on the subway or they're getting on the bus. I know what that is. I don't have to make up this elaborate, you know. Mm-hmm image in my head for it but at the same time over the last year you say okay they're getting on the bus okay now what was it like getting on a bus (laughs) (laughs) how did that go again and again flipping that around escaping to a fantasy world for a Mm -hmm. lot of people might not have been a bad idea this last year absolutely yeah yeah and some people still um are definitely looking for it and i've definitely Mm -hmm. um had people come in looking for that sense of escape but i can completely empathize 
with the folks that don't have the energy for it because yeah. I am that person. I don't want to watch any new TV shows. I don't want to take on any new like world building. <laughs> I just want to like go back to the comfort of something I know and uh, and focus on the story as opposed to building up the world in my head. Now, if somebody comes in and you happen to be at the front desk as the fantasy nerd, mm-hmm. and they say, I'm looking for something light in fantasy. Like, I don't want a really heavy fantasy that gets into all kinds of war and stuff like that. I just want a nice light read for the summer, but I want it to be in fantasy. Yep. Who who are some of the people you would recommend? Mm, it, it does depend on taste a little bit. Mm-hmm. You have the fantasy that's a little bit on the drier side. Um, Tom Holtz does this very, mm, very dry... Have you read some of his books? I have, yes. Yeah, so he does like this very dry, almost like economist take on fantasy, which mm-hmm. I find fascinating. <laughs> but it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea. But his the books that I've read about like you know, using elves as, as agents in a call center <laughs> by having them go into the magical cave and like answer text calls is the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> but if you don't have... <laughs> if you're not into that kind of thing, then you can get into like a little bit more of the the classic fantasy or the high fantasy with um, like Terry Pratchett's a really nice mm-hmm. TV yeah. um, one. I also really love Naomi Novik for that stuff. Her mm-hmm. um, book Uprooted, which I'm sure I've talked about on the radio before, mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorites for just like if you want to curl up in front of the fire and just lose yourself for a little while, it's a beautiful book to get into. Yeah. Now, is she the one who's also written uh, – there's a series that she's written as well, and their books are fairly thick. Mm, she is she does have a couple books under her belt. I'm not familiar okay. with a long series of hers. No. Okay. I might, I might be a totally different author I'm thinking of, but that has been known to happen. Now, <laughs> is, now, are there different types of science fiction as well? Like, are there science fiction writers who write humorous science fiction? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find sci-fi, and again, I'm a fantasy nerd. I'm not yeah. as much of a sci-fi nerd. Um, sci-fi comes with its own um, world building and uh, jargon that you have to get into. <laughs> but um, there are absolutely some hilarious sci-fi writers um, that will um, take a you know advanced civilization with all this new tech and um, uh, and make it hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. We are going to go to a quick break, Kaylee. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what's happening over at Books and Company after nine. A one-time provincial recovery benefit is available for residents of BC. If you file an income tax return for 2019, you are eligible, whether single or as a family. To apply, you need your social insurance number, your 2019 income, direct deposit information, and a driver's license number if you have one. For more information or to apply for the provincial recovery benefit, visit gov.bc.ca slash recovery dash benefit. The BC recovery benefit application deadline is June 30th. Join Studio 2880 for Following Creative Paths, a free virtual panel discussion Thursday at 10 via Zoom. A short film exploring the lives and works of five artists from Prince George will also be featured. The event will take place on Thursday and sign language and closed caption are available. To register for this free event, visit eventbrite.com and search for Following Creative Paths. That's Following Creative Paths, Thursday morning at 10 on Zoom. 
In April 2020, the province of B.C. temporarily removed legislative barriers to meeting electronically so organizations facing challenges could continue to govern and provide services during the pandemic. Amendments to various incorporation acts will permanently remove these barriers, allowing each corporate entity to determine the appropriate platform for their meetings. More information on these legislative amendments is available at workingforyou.gov.bc.ca. Tickets are now available for your Prince George Spruce King's 50th anniversary season. Ticket plan memberships are available in a variety of packages with age group price points for all seats at the Rolling Mix Concrete Arena. New ticket package options with bonus games and discounts to deliver great entertainment at an affordable price. Full ticket information is available at their website, sprucekings.pc.ca. Your Prince George Spruce King's 50th anniversary season ticket packages now available online. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Kaylee, we are heading into summertime. Are there any new books coming out right now that you know of from local authors? We've got two um, poetry books that have just come Mm -hmm. out, and I am hoping to uh, pick up a graphic novel later this week, so I'll have to keep you updated on that. Uh, for next time, but the two um, poetry books that have come out recently, um, Rob Ziegler put out a book of poems called Father Jack and Me, and it's this really neat, um, staple-bound little book of poems and uh, illustrations, and Mm -hmm. it's full color. It's super cool. Um, So we've got a couple of those, and then uh, we've got a giveaway actually going on right now, and um, that was in part... Uh, because uh, Daniel Bayless, a local poet, came out with a beautiful new book of poetry and sent us a a copy or two to do a giveaway for, and that led to this gigantic giveaway that we're currently running on our social media. Okay, so it started off as just, I'm just going to send you a couple of books if you can maybe do a little giveaway, and all of a sudden you guys are doing something worldwide. I mean, okay, no, let's not say worldwide. We specifically say that we cannot ship this because the, the amount of books that we're giving away are just a little too heavy. But we got, yeah, we got Daniel's book. Um, we got a couple um, ARCs, uh, which are the free copies that they send us in advance to, in the oh. hopes that we'll read them and have opinions when the book comes out. Um, but uh, we got a couple of those, and we reached out to a couple companies. And uh, so we're doing this huge giveaway of, like, ten books and three stickers and three pins and a, and a books and co. tote that is no longer in circulation, so it's a rare thing to find. Ooh. It's a big deal. Yeah, you can get uh, you can um, take part on our Facebook page or Instagram. Unfortunately, it's only on social media at the moment. Uh. Uh, and uh, you're on Facebook. You'll be fine. Yeah, but I'm not social. Oh, well, you know, you can do the media part of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go if you go there, I think you have to like, uh, comment with and like tag somebody in the comment so that uh, they hear about the giveaway uh-huh. too, and then we're going to do the draw at the end of June. So I have to come up with a friend's name as well. Yeah. You guys <laughs> oh, are putting so many restrictions on this. <laughs> <laughs> can I tag you? <laughs> yeah, you can tag me. <laughs> I'll let you get away with that. I feel like you know more than just one person. I do, but most of them don't like to admit it. Oh, I see. I see. Yes. So we got those local authors at this point. Are there any other big book events that you know of? Like, I'm thinking back, this was some years ago now, but it seemed like a month ahead of time, 
everybody knew when the next Harry Potter book was coming mm, out. Yeah. Is there anything like that happening right now, or is that uh, sort of calmed down? I don't think there's any really, mm. really big releases. The latest big release that I can think of was the latest Eden Robinson mm. uh, book, which was Turn of the Trickster. Yeah. And that was a, a big release that we were all really excited for. I don't think that there's any that have a huge amount of fanfare at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get new books. We probably put out uh, every basically Tuesdays seem to be the day that books come out. Um, so every Tuesday we usually um, do like a, a photo reel of all the books that are just hitting the shelf for the first time on our uh, Instagram page. And uh, there's almost always one or two in there that snags the attention of someone on staff. Mm-hmm. Now, what what are the times? Is there, are there times of year when you notice the big names for books come out? Like, do you, like it used to be, mm. like, for music, Christmas albums were big. So, you know, yep. about October or so, you would get the word that so-and-so had a Christmas album coming out. So, mm-hmm. is that a time of year when people seem to aim to have books coming out as well? Um, there, there are ebbs and flows for sure. Mm-hmm. I think that there is a, uh, often towards the fall, there'll be a big push as people are getting back into school mm-hmm. or back into that like work mindset. You'll see a lot of the, um, uh, scholarly texts come mm-hmm. out or the nonfictions. And then for summer, um, usually mm-hmm. like February to April, give or take, we'll see a lot of the, the lighter romances and that kind of stuff. Coming out, it's by no means um, a hard rule. There's definitely, you know, books that come out year-round, but I definitely do see an uptick in, in lighter fiction for the summer and uh, some of the um, the heavier nonfiction stuff towards the fall. Now, at Books & Company right now, are you guys still doing your best to confuse staff and customers by moving sections around all the time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I was in there a couple of months ago. Yeah, and I was looking for a particular book, and I wasn't sure which section it was going to be in. Even I asked one of the staff people, and they said, "Okay, I'm glad you asked me because it gives me a chance to check and make sure that I know where everything is again." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was thinking, yep. "Okay." <laughs> yeah, we have we have our staff uh, communication page where we you know track kind of where things have moved to, <laughs> but especially lately we've been focusing a lot on. Um, doing monthly displays like right now we've got a filipino heritage month display Mm -hmm. we've got an indigenous people's month display Mm -hmm. and we have our pride display so like things like that cause a lot of those titles to get shifted around and we are ironing out like you know an easier way to keep track of all those books but there's not really like you can't put a tracker in every single book and follow it around the store so it's definitely an ongoing game you have to stay on your toes here yeah and then of course you keep moving books into the bargain book section as well we do. Yeah, it, it seems to have that seems to have sort of settled down a little bit though in terms of how much of the store it's involving. I, I feel like it's evened out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we'll see if that changes again. But uh, we've got that uh, that three for two Friday coming yes. up, so we'll see if we have to freshen up the stock afterwards. Yeah, and the other thing is, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I think I've gotten a bit of a handle on where the bargain book sections are. For my scouting trips, especially, oh, which probably means that you're going to start moving them around again. Yeah, yeah. Now that you know, we have to change everything. Yes, mm-hmm. it's it, it's kind of nice to know I have that much power, but at the same time, <laughs> okay. So, Kaylee, again, what is the website, and where else can people find out everything they need to know about Books and Company besides just coming in and talking to you? 
Yeah, uh, so the website is booksandcompany.ca, all spelled out lowercase. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. Um, and you can give us a call at 250-563-6637. We do have that three-for-two sale coming up mm-hmm. the last Friday of the month, June 25th, and there are going to be draws, and the businesses upstairs are running sales as well this month. Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I might be spending a bit of time there on Friday then, a week from Friday, you know. Excellent. Yes. Okay, Kaylee Vandermeer at Books and Company. I should mention Books and Company Prince George, because of course you guys do have a store mm-hmm. in Cornell as well. We sure do. Okay. Thank you very much as always, and let's talk again next month. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Thanks, Kaylee. Thanks, Alan. Okay. Okay. So we, uh, Books and Company, as I say, just down the street from us. It's a beautiful looking day. It's supposed to be, it was supposed to be, I think, a mix of sun and cloud this morning and then becoming sunny this afternoon. And obviously nobody, well, it, there are some clouds out there, but it's not too bad. But uh, The weatherman missed one there, yeah. You well, know, can't blame me. I just read what's in front of me. I am not the weatherman. I am the weather reader. The reader. There's a difference, okay. yes. But uh, no, well, I mean, yesterday... The weather that I did early in the morning didn't say anything about severe thunderstorms. No. I mean, I'm listening to the weather at 11, and it's talking about severe thunderstorms in the afternoon. Or no, that wasn't yesterday. That was the day before. Day before. Yeah. And, yeah, there were definitely some severe thunderstorms that afternoon. We did get it. Yes. I didn't I didn't see too much of the lightning or anything because I was under the bed after the thunder. So Maybe as a quick mention for all people coming in from the west, I'll speak a north from... Tyner mm-hmm. down the hill is basically closed. You have oh. to find an alternative route. Ah, they're doing some paving? Yes, they yes. are, finally. Yeah, well, there's a lot of other streets in town where they're doing the paving. Like Fifth Avenue, they've had some sections on Fifth Avenue dug up for the last few days, and I'm assuming they were just waiting for the weather to cooperate yeah. so they could actually lay the pavement down. Well, a but, lot of people uh, got caught off guard this morning. So Yes. Okay, that'll do it for today's show. Um, we'll be back on the air tomorrow after 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFISFM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to CFISFM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS-FM is owned and operated by the Prince